The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. I started reading a uh, great book last night um, released by uh, a friend of mine, Mike Broomhead. If you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. Lessons from my life of the Bulls, protesters, and politicians. Mike Broomhead, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. How are you? Very good. We've known each other for a very long time, and um, and I now know why we get along so well. Our lives run very parallel uh, in many ways. You were a bull rider? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean the I mean the you know dumb part. Yeah, <laughs> and the and my the used to say that to me growing up. Yeah, that, and, and one the, of the most consistent phrases. What was that? That was one of the most consistent things my mother said to me growing up: is if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. Because I was very often both. So I, I, what I didn't realize is that you left home at 15 years old, lived on your own. Um, you had an alcoholic father. Um, you know, you were a military guy, bull rider, contractor. You've led a really tough life, um, which I think gives you different kind of insight onto, you know, what the average person might be thinking uh, about things. So can I, can I ask you about two things? What do you think the average person thinks about what happened yesterday with uh, North Korea? I think the average person is impressed that an American president was able to get Kim Jong-un to sit down at the table. I don't think the, the depth of politics, whether it was the agreement Bill Clinton signed in 94 or candidate Obama saying he would sit down with him matters to the average person. The average person looks at a year and a half ago, this person was firing ICBMs over Japan and threatening America, saying he was going to kill us. And a year and a half later, he signed an agreement agreeing to denuclearize. I think the average person just as surprised in the change in North Korea. So one more question on, on just the way things are handled. Dennis Rodman was on TV last night and he was crying and he was like, I saw this coming and nobody would listen to me. I mean, this, this guy will make peace. And I actually kind of felt, I mean, a little bit, I felt kind of bad uh, for Dennis Rodman not that I think he got that and was the reason why he went over, per se, but he may have played a role in any kind of peace that may come our way. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know that that was the intent of having Dennis Rodman on television. I think that might have been the lack of seriousness that we're going to see from some of the cable news networks and just how significant this was. Instead of having a foreign policy expert on, someone that's been invested in studying the North Koreans since the deal was made in 94 and having somebody to talk about the ultimate significance, you know, and then no offense to Dennis Rodman, but he's wearing a pot.com t-shirt. I know. And, crying on, and I think maybe that was just what turned out to be, I like you, was sympathetic to Dennis Rodman, but I think they put him on there because they don't take this seriously. So Mike, what is happening? What, what do you foresee? Um, you know, you I think the average person feels used and abused. It's why they're it's why we're all lashing out. Um, we feel like nobody's listening to us. So what's on the horizon? What what's coming our way with media and and socially? Well, as, as it's interesting. I, one of the things I've learned the most and I wrote about in the book is taking advice from good people. And, you know, when I learned to ride bulls, I learned from a guy that was a world champion. I work out in the gym with a guy that was a professional bodybuilder. 
and credit to you that when I, I remember the first conversation I had with you, I said, I'm in way over my head. <laughs> and, and you helped me along because I wanted to go to somebody that is one of the best that's ever done it. And I think that what lies ahead is people are seeking out truth tellers. It, it's not so much about hearing what they want to hear. They want to hear the truth. And I think that they know the truth when they hear it. And they know they're being lied to by people with a political agenda. And so I think in the future, people are going to be seeking out the truth as opposed to just the things they want to hear. So let me ask you this. People say that, you know, the Donald Trump people are so stupid, they don't hear the truth. Um, I think they do. I just don't think that they think the truth on the other side is any more truthful. And so they have to pick between these two. And they just believe better shot with him than doing it the way we've always done it. Would you agree with that or not? No, I think that the truth is just that. It's the truth. If you and I are driving a car and you say we have to go left and I say we have to go right, we both believe it is our truth, but only one of us can be right. And in the end, one of us is going to be wrong. And we have to admit when we've been wrong and we've got to seek out what the truth is. We both want to get to the same place. But one of us is wrong about which direction to go. And I think what people are seeking now is they realize when you watch some of the cable news networks with some of the people that have been outed by telling overtly wrong stories, you know, when the president was just missed, when his words were taken out of context and it made him sound like he called illegal immigrants animals, that's just a mischaracterization. I think people are tired of that. They'll be critical of Donald Trump when it's deserved, but they want to know what's really going on and let them decide the good and the bad of it. And I think that's what they're seeking out. To me, well, I can only speak for myself and what I think my audience wants. Just tell us the truth. We will figure out the good and bad in all of it. Um, uh, you know, I'm writing a book right now called um, uh, uh, Addicted to Outrage. And it is really my understanding of what's happening to us uh, because I think, I think people are just, I think we're addicted now to just getting online and seeing something that pisses us off. And we're just, we're just getting this ad- adrenaline and cortisol hit, uh, especially if we respond in social media and, and say nasty things. Um, you talk about your dad. I mean, I was, I was reading last night. I mean, I mean dad didn't seem like a, a very nice guy, uh, an alcoholic. And you hold him responsible, but not responsible for your life in any way. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny that a lot, of the, a lot of the things that I write about in the book are self-inflicted. The fact that I was on my own, kind of on my own at 15, and then, you know, the work I've worked my entire life, I, I, I regret now not getting a college education. Now that degree, that, you know, to have the, the discipline to do the co- coursework, uh, that haunts me. I wish I had done those things. Those were self-inflicted. I was so angry at the world. I was lashing out my own way. But that's on me. That's not on anybody else. So what did you learn from your alcoholic dad that is applicable today? I think that uh, whatever's going on around us, we have the ability. We have, I think we have the responsibility to live a life that is still good. We, all of us have it in us. Uh, you know, we, it's not where you, it's all the, the cliche. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. I had people around me that loved me. I have my brothers, um, the one that's surviving and, and is my true hero. He's a police officer. He is my true hero in life. Um, there are people in my life like you. There are people in my life that have looked out for me in times when I had very difficult times going on. My mother is a saint as far as I'm concerned. 
And instead of focusing on those people, I chose to focus on the anger. I would say what I learned the most from my father was, in spite of what's going on around you, there is good that you can reach for if you just want to reach for the good. You see, your mom's a hero, but you didn't feel that way early on. Oh, you know, early on, my mom got smarter the older I got. You know, early on, my mom and I, uh, you know, I, when I was a teenager, when my father left, I was just a classic rebellious teenager and was out on my own and out all night, and she was telling me to go to school, and I didn't want to go to school. So she was the disciplinarian, and I just didn't like it. But uh, I, I don't know that I'll ever live long enough to apologize to her enough for what a great person, what a great influence she's been in my life. Uh, talking to Mike Broomhead, author of a book just released today, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. Lessons from my life with bulls, protesters, and uh, and politicians. You say that uh, everybody has three things to offer the world. What are they? Money, talent, and time. What? Money, talent, and time. And all of it to differing degrees at different times in our lives. We have three things to offer the world, and we decide how we're going to give those three things. And how does that apply to me or everyday life or you or anybody yeah listen it's funny because when i wrote that down you were the example that i talked about when we wrote this because um i've been with you i was one of the things i still talk about in the air is that trip we took down to mccallan texas where the people your audience gave so richly uh Mm. to help that humanitarian effort and i look at that there are times in my life where i used to complain about my busy schedule until i traveled with you i'll never complain again (laughs) but you know here i am at a time in my life where i've never been as busy so time is very valuable to me but i'm also making more money than i made before in my life so it's different now i have the ability to give more money but i wish i had more time to give there were times in my life where i had time to give where i wish i had more money and the talent that i have my ability to go and mc for uh, the military, you know, the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation Gala, or the things I do locally in Arizona, um, I will never, I'll never take money for those things because it's my opportunity to give back. And I think we have to gauge where our talents lie, where our, how much money we can give. Um, you know, if you don't have a lot, don't give a lot, but we all can give something. And the feeling you get from giving can't be replaced. And sometimes the problems you're facing seem to be minimal when you look at the problems of others. And that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned is, you may not always have a lot to give, but you have something to give. And I, I hope that I balance that well enough with those three things. That's really something I worry about sometimes, that I'm not doing enough with those three things. I'll tell you, Mike, when we were down in McAllen and we, we did that thing on the border, it was not popular. Um, and we came back, if you remember right, and we were talking about how they were separating the kids. You know, they were, they were separating, you know, children from their brothers and sisters and keeping them in cages and no one would listen to us when you saw the tweets come out a couple of a couple of weeks ago where the left was saying look at how donald trump is treating and they turned out to be the pictures that came out right after we were there how'd you feel well, it came out in the Arizona Republic story, so it was a local story, too. Um, I have pictures on my phone still, and I don't know if you remember this moment, but I remember it forever. They were giving us a tour of that facility, and we went into what was like an army tent. And there was a, we pulled the curtain back, and there was a little boy that couldn't have been more than seven years old sitting on a cot holding a doll, like a Woody Story doll that someone had given him. And that's what they explained to us. This is usually where the kids break down because they're in such commotion from when they bring them over and clean them up and give them clothes and feed them and medically screen them. There's so much going on. It's when they're in solitude that they begin to realize they're all alone. And that still haunts me that we're a part of something so politically divided 
that allows for things like this to happen. These are people. These are children. And we will fight the political battles and not look at the human element. And which was such an eye-opening weekend to spend that time there. I'll never forget it. And I'm in a border state just like you are. It's a big issue for us, but we can never forget the human element of that. Mike Broomhead, thank you so much. Um, author of the new book, um, it's released today. If you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. Uh, started reading it last night. Really good read. Really well done, Mike. You should be proud Thank of this book. Very good. Thank, Thank you so much. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.